When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Although much is made of getting children trained to use the toilet while they're awake, there's still the matter of overnights and nap time. How much longer does it take for kids to be able to control their bladders while they sleep? What can parents do to help continue the dryness from daytime into nighttime? I'm Dr. Deborah Pontillo from HowToHelpMyChild.com, and today we're talking all about potty training during nap time and nighttime. This is Parent Savers, Episode 63. Faster than a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo-boos with a gentle kiss. Did you get down from there? Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh, what did you eat? Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah, quit touching me. It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. Welcome again, everybody, to Parent Savers, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Parent Savers is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for parents of newborns, infants, and toddlers. I'm your host, John O'Reill. Thanks again to all of our loyal listeners who join the Parent Savers Club. These members get all our archived episodes, bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. You can subscribe to our monthly Parent Savers newsletter for a chance to win a membership to our club each month, and that's free to do. Another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Parent Savers app, which is in the Google Play and iTunes Marketplace, and it will alert you anytime a new Parent Savers episode is uploaded and it's ready for your listening pleasure. At Parent Savers, we are a group of parents that talk about topics that are of interest to parents of kids up to three years old. And we have a pa- we always are joined in the studio by panels of parents. And today we have three of our super parents, we're calling them, in uh, in the studio. And these are um, Scott, Ursula, and Lori. And they've all participated before, and you might recognize them. But we'll go around the room, and we'll do introductions again and talk about how many kids we have. I'm Lori Babb. I have two boys. Uh, Lorenzo is five. Marcelo is two and a half. And I'm a local small business owner and educator. Hi, everybody. I'm Ursula. And I'm 35. And I have two boys. Desmond is four. And Kellen is two. I'm Scott Killian. I'm 36. I'm a certified financial planner. I've got one boy, Alex, and he is three. And I'm your host, John O'Reill. And I'm continuing the boy theme with the panelists here. And I have three boys. Uh, Connor is six, Whitaker is four, and Zyler is two years old. And I know that we're all eager to talk a little about some potty issues, especially in the beds. But Dr. Pontillo, how about yourself? Oh, thank you. Um, yes, so I'm a child psychologist. I'm 38 years old, and I have a six-year-old girl named Natasha and a two-year-old boy named Ethan. Nice. Well, welcome to the show. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, 
Hey, Parent Savers, I'm Sunny. I'm one of the producers here on the show. And today is a special potty training episode. Joining me on the phone is Tim Furman. He's the co-founder of Potty Patrol. Tim, welcome to our show. Thanks for having me. So, Tim, tell us a little bit about the Potty Patrol system. How did the diapers work? Basically, the way the new system works is it helps the children link between cause and effect. And so when the diaper gets wet, it plays Tinkle, Tinkle, Little Star. So it plays a little musical number for them and helps the kids make the connection between cause and effect. And very soon they figure it out and get potty trained. That's great. And are the diapers one size fits all? How does the sizing work? Well, uh, they are. They're a pretty broad size. We just offer the one size, around 20 to 25 pounds. And so pretty close to, say, a size four in the grocery store. So, but, you know, it works uh, for some kids that are wearing size three, some kids that are wearing size five. So it fits right in that range. And, um, you know, it's pretty broad reach. So most people have been very successful with the size that we've got. Great. And what are some of the benefits of using the Potty Patrol system? Well, obviously, it can save you time. It can be a frustrating process. We've got this uh, proprietary technology and helps children learn more quickly, so it saves you time. Um, Obviously, families can spend up to $2,000 a year in diapers, and uh, so it can save you money. And obviously, it can help save the earth even because once we get out of diapers and they start using the, the bathroom, there will be far less diapers going into landfills across the country. It's about 49 million diapers a day in the U.S. alone. Wow, that's amazing. You know, I actually had a chance to test this product myself along with a couple of the uh, Parent Savers bloggers. And I have to say, I have a well, he was a two-and-a-half-year-old at the time, and it worked really well for him. We didn't have a lot of experience in potty training. We had like one day that was a total disaster. <laughs> and I said, okay, maybe we're not ready to do potty training yet. Um, and then we used your product. And it, it was really good, like you said, to be able to tell my son, okay, there's a song playing. I need to do something when there's a song playing. Because sometimes that's a hard connection to make. If they're not used to going to a potty, well, you know, they obviously don't know that they have to go to the potty when they need to go to the bathroom. And so um, for my son, he loved the song. We kind of made a game out of it. You know, we sat down and we would play together and hang out together. We'd hear the song. Oh, it's time to go to the potty. And then we kind of run off to the potty. And it was really good. I mean, we probably only had a week to maybe 10 days of doing that before he was pretty much potty trained um, with the exception of, you know, some pull-ups at nap time and during sleep time. But other than that, this was a really good way for us to, you know, kickstart the process. I'm super glad to hear that you had a good experience with it. You know, my um, my friend and I were both were both fathers. He's got five children. I've got four. Um, I had a very similar experience as you did. I've got a little guy, and when he's about two and a half years old, he clearly and quickly made the connection uh, between what he was supposed to do there and and figured it out. And it's been fantastic for us. And so. We uh, quickly brought this to market so that we could share it with other families. Again, every as you mentioned, everyone's going to have different experiences and different stages of readiness. And, and obviously, the biggest key is to adjust to the needs of the individual child. But we found that this is a fantastic product. helps the child figure out how to make that connection between cause and effect. And it's really made the process a lot simpler for a lot of families all across the country. You know, selling it on our own website at pottypatrol.com. And we also sell it at walmart.com. We sell it at amazon.com. And uh, happy to have any of your listeners go there and try it. And 
if they're interested, they can, um, you know, join our Facebook or tweet about it or tell anybody, um, you know, positives or negatives. We're happy to hear what we can do to make it a better product and help as many families out there as possible. Yeah. Well, Tim, thank you so much for creating this product. I think it could help a lot of other parents out there, especially those struggling with this whole potty training process. It can be very frustrating for not only the parents, but for the kids as well. And I do think this is a product that definitely helps in the process. So thank you. And thank you for being on our show today. Fantastic. Happy to join you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Today's topic is sleep time potty training, and it's talking about potty training during sleep time, but I have a feeling we're going to be talking about potty training during awake time as well, especially with this group here. Um, and I know that it's one that every family has to go through, and usually if you're talking to any other parents at the playgrounds, I'm sure we all have our own potty stories, which we can share. But today, um, Dr. Deb Pontillo, the pediatric psychologist um, from howtohelpmychild.com, and that's with the number two, howtohelpmychild.com. She's going to tell us all about this. Um, and and the all-important final frontier of potty training, which is nighttime and nap time. So thanks again for joining us, Dr. Pontillo. Thank you for having me. So is that a fair way to put it? Is nighttime and nap time kind of the final frontier of potty training? It is, I actually like it. It's a really good way to put it because <laughs> it, it, it does happen a lot, lot later than does daytime potty training for yeah. most kids. Um, but it's, it's a little bit difficult to lump them in the same category just because we know that daytime potty mastery does is not really associated with nighttime potty mastery. Interesting. So yeah, so kids typically, they achieve the daytime mastery earlier and it does not coincide with nighttime mastery. Largely because we know that in the daytime, what we're talking about is not just physical readiness. We're also talking about social emotional readiness, communication skills, cognitive development, a little bit of power struggle, which is typical. But nighttime readiness seems to be more largely based on physiological readiness, which which develops at, at each child's own rate. What do you mean by physiological readiness? Is that like how the body is performing unconsciously or? No, it's, it's basically each child's nervous system is, is built a little bit differently. And okay. it does not seem to be associated with you know, intellectual development or cognitive development or IQ in any way. It's just that each child's uh, physical nervous system is going to be built different. The bladder has to be mature enough to hold uh, urine for longer periods of time, be yeah. able to send the message to the brain th- to wake up. And a child's got to be able to then have the self-monitoring skills when they're slightly uh, asleep in that light phase of sleep to actually be able to wake up and make the decision to to go to go potty. So right. that's an involuntary thing. And, but so our kids, you know, that are, you know, say they're two and a half or three years old that are potty training, they physically can't do it is basically pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, what we know, f- since we want to talk about daytime potty training, we, yeah. in order for a child to be ready for daytime potty training, we want them to be able to hold urine for two hours. And a lot of times people will talk about readiness for daytime potty training as a child will stay dry in the diaper for two hours or 
during nap time because that's often about a two hour or one and a half to two hour time. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that's even just a signal that the bladder is then ready to do what you're asking it to do, which is to, to train it. Um, to go potty. But, but as you understand, of course, nighttime for young children can be, you know, 10, 11 hours. That's a long time for a yeah. tiny little bladder. That's a long time for a grown-up bladder sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or a pregnant bladder. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly. I think, and I think we all get into routines that, mm-hmm. you know, we, like, maybe we'll get up at the, around the same time every night to go to the bathroom. And right. maybe that changes over time. That's but, right. you know, it happens. And so the kids have to have the awareness and the, you know, empowerment to do that that's right absolutely so our accidents that kids have it's all about the brain then it's not about like you don't want to punish a kid for having an accident at night right pretty much pretty much and and the only exception to that would be uh, not that you exception to punishment but but the only exception would be you know if you've had a child who's mastered nighttime potty training for some period of time and then has some regression and starts having multiple accidents again mm-hmm. that's you know usually a red flag that something else is going on either the child's under stress um, you know there's some change in the household a new baby or there's something else uh, that is emotionally affecting the child um, that negative attention getting, for example. So you want to pay attention to those accidents. But accidents at the beginning of nighttime potty training, um, yeah, you mean they're part of the process. And so accidents are normal, right? Accidents are normal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're involuntary. Nighttime accidents are involuntary. They're not, you know, the only uh, situation where I would say, you know, you have an issue is if the child is waking up on their own and clearly has the wherewithal to be able to go to the bathroom and chooses not to, then you have something else on your hands. For our, well, for our four-year-old, he, he wears a pull-up at night, mm-hmm. and if he wakes up in the morning, mm-hmm. he'll decide, I get to pee in the pull-up. That's right. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then it leaks out on the couch or mm-hmm. on the carpet, and then I get mad at him. Mm-hmm. You know, I get frustrated, and then yep. I struggle with, like, you know, b- because he should know better when he's awake right. that he's got to think, and I think it's starting to get through to him. Right. But that's what you're talking about. There. Right. That's morning uh, yeah. <laughs> time. That's, <exactly. laughs> that's not, so, yeah, that's a different ball of wax entirely. I remember vividly being a child and, um, you know, sometime under six and waking up in the middle of the night knowing I need to go use the potty. And yet I would almost like dream like I was too tired to get out of bed. So I would dream that I got out of bed and went and went to the toilet and did it all. And then I would wake up sometime later wet and be so mad with myself because I like thought that I did it and yet it was I was just dreaming it you Mm -hmm. know and so I I I don't know if maybe that's something going on with kids too you know yeah and one of the tips that I I suggest for nighttime potty training is to talk with your child and have a plan about what they want to do if and when they wake up in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. You know, for some kids it, like you, who probably didn't want to get up out of bed, you know, maybe your child wants a little potty next to their own bed because they don't want to have to, you know, go through the effort of going to find you or going to find the toilet. Or, you know, maybe they want to, to come and get you or maybe they want to call for you because they don't want to get out of bed and have you carry them. And that's okay. So figure out, you know, take that out of the equation. Yeah. Yeah. So, Do- Dr. Pontella, um, uh, being that, it, and I didn't know this, that, that, that the kids are actually physically unable to do this at, up until a certain period of time. So given that, is it then not important to acknowledge, you know, success in the morning or something? Is that just a natural physiological thing? We just go, okay, it's just like breathing and et cetera, et cetera. That's my preference just because, uh, you know, a child can feel a lot, you know, that's like they've let you down or, you know, they, they weren't good. Um, and it's really not something under their control. I think that certainly praising will help 
for what what you were describing, Donner, where yeah. where your your son kind of just says willfully, I prefer to just pee myself. You know, then when they don't, you can say, awesome, good job, I'm proud of you. But yeah, if it's in the nighttime and they're dry, I would just say, oh, good, good, good. So good don't make you. a big deal if they yeah. go through the whole night. No, I mean, it's crazy. I know it sounds really bizarre. That does sound but bizarre. We, but we all, we, all, we all put so much uh, value in potty training as a, as a culture, I think. Yeah. And um, it is something just like breathing and eating. It's really not that big of a deal. And you really don't want your child's self-esteem to be, you know, you're hurt by the fact that they are, could or could not stay dry when they really have no control over it. So to say, good job, you did a great job. They think, okay, I'm going to try to do that next time for you, Daddy. Yeah. And they can't. But, but this this mm-hmm. readiness is different than what the preschools and such require. Right. Okay. Right, because yeah, it sounds like preschools. It's a daytime pre- thing. That's it's correct. Day- and they're yeah. not sleeping there. Well, they vary, but yeah, my preschool wants them potty trained before they can enter it mm-hmm. sometime in the you know, in their, uh, when they're three, it, they can be three, but they also have to be potty trained and be able to wipe themselves because the, the, the teachers at three, because the teachers are not able to physically touch them, you know, with yeah. their clothes off. Oh, wow. So, um, the child needs to be able to get on the potty themselves, um, and wipe themselves as necessary. And then, you know, and then they can help them wash their hands or whatever. So, yeah. That's a bit of a tangent, but that definitely, that definitely is a great example of things are different in different schools and yep. different mm-hmm. places because mm-hmm. I know that that's definitely but I know that for our oldest to go to kindergarten he had to be able to wipe himself but it wasn't for three years old for no preschool. three is very early for that and you know I know morning time is awake time but mm-hmm. I know that I'm right now maybe a little remiss with my second child because with my first child when he would wake up first thing in the morning usually he was dry so then I would say okay great job I'd take off that pull up or diaper or whatever he had on at night and we'd go use the potty and then we'd put maybe training pants on during the day. My second child, he wakes up so much earlier. And so it's hard for me to kind of wake up myself to have the discipline to get out of yeah. bed, check his pants, praise him if it's dry, and take him to the potty. And I'm wondering, am I prolonging this whole process by my own, you know, laziness and yeah. not being a morning person? No. <laughs> We're not alone in that. And then <laughs> early yeah. burnness. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine that. I mean, you, you, you've got two kids, and I think for most families, what you're doing with the second one is different than what you're doing with the first because that's reality, you know? And, and um, don't, you know, don't think for a second that your younger one's not going to get potty trained because you, you, you need to sleep in for an extra hour and a half. Diapers in college. That's it. Yeah, exactly. He's going to be 30. No, absolutely. Um, don't worry yourself. Take care of yourself, and then you can be a better mother to, to everybody. So there's mm-hmm. a little birth order difference just in the way that we're treating them. But oh, what yeah. about gender differences between boys and girls and nighttime potty training? Well, the general sense is that boy, boys tend to ta- potty train a little bit later. And I think that's possibly more true for daytime than for nighttime. Um, you know, boys just on, and this is a very broad generalization and it's not a very large effect size, but in general tend to be slightly more um, active, slightly more impulsive, so maybe have less um ability to inhibit um, things and, and when they you know get very active and involved in things their, their attention span may be slightly shorter so they may not be able to attend to a very fun activity and their body sensations at the same time but that's a very broad generalization and I think you know it's actually more helpful you know if you're thinking about potty training your own child um, and things aren't going as quickly don't write it off as because it's their boy because I think more often it's a result of just individual differences 
and so just thinking, oh, well, it's a boy and he'll catch up. That's possibly true, but, but it also could be, you know, there are other things that need to be considered. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some tips for what parents can do to help their kids stay dry at night, as well as to deal with the inevitable accidents that are going to happen. So we'll be right back. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we're talking about nighttime and naptime potty training with Dr. Deb Pontillo. Thanks again for joining us, Dr. Pontillo. Thank you for having me. So we talked about that it's a normal developmental thing um, for kids um, to this goes a lot later. But what's the age where you should maybe start to be concerned uh, where if they're not showing if they're still going to the bathroom at night, if they're like six, seven, eight? Yeah, well, I think, you know, about 80. So around at five years of age, 80 percent of children should be able to go through the, the night uh, without accidents. And by age six, 85% of children should be able to go through the night without accidents. So most pediatricians and psychologists will tend to uh, look at a child who's six years old to see if there's any other uh, possible reasons why a child may not be fully mastering nighttime potty training. But before that, it doesn't seem to make sense just because in, in so many kids, uh, they're just not ready. One of the things that we, we've discovered, too, obviously, is that, you know, the closer the kids drink to nighttime, mm-hmm. the more likely the accidents are to happen. Oh, yes. So when do you cut that? When do you think we should cut that off? Well, I think, you know, most people would say it's hard for younger children. I wouldn't personally recommend for children under the age of three cutting them off at all yeah. uh, just because they need to keep hydrated. I mean, right. obviously don't give them a bottle of apple juice. You know, yeah, I hate like, if my kid <laughs> asks for like a drink of water because they're thirsty. I hate to say mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I'm trying to night wean too. So yeah. I still nurse a little bit before bed. Yeah. And then the only way for me to really pacify him to... T- you know, to right. go to his own bed is to give him his little sippy cup of water. Yeah. And so he and that can, starts the cycle. Right. And so then with my first, there was a moment where we said, okay, no more water before bed, you know, um, maybe a sip or something, but no more after that. But then it's going to, we're going to have to wait a while with the second one until he's ready to give up that sippy of water. Well, but you're doing two things at once. So right now you're right. trying night weeding. So don't try the nighttime potty training at okay. the same time. That's one one goal at a time. <laughs> don't multitask. Right. That seems like a golden rule. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because yeah. you can't. Right. You got two two things with, with uh, conflicting, you know, strategies. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, uh, for um, one of our kids. He was doing like so many bad things at night. I think he was like twirling my wife's hair and drinking milk and breastfeeding. And we really had to talk about, okay, we have to take the long view of this because we can't, it's not like I can say tomorrow we need to stop all of this. Right. And so you attack each one. And before you know it, it's four months later. And yeah, four months is a long time, but it's kind of not. And you look back and you say, oh my gosh, do you remember he was doing all those things? Right. And now look, he's not doing it. So right. I think attacking right. each thing. Exactly. Exactly. You time. have to. And then of course, as your child gets older, you know, you have logic on your side. You can talk with a four and a half, five year old about what happens when you drink water and where it goes mm-hmm. and why it's important to, to make sure you drink your water and stay hydrated during the day because after seven o'clock, we don't drink water. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that's a lot easier to do when a child's older. It's really hard to explain that to a two-and-a-half-year-old, and I wouldn't do it. (laughs) It's hard to explain anything to a (laughs) two-and-a-half-year-old. All right. Let's talk about some kind of tips that we've all either learned from going through it or that you've got from a professional perspective. Do you have some tips from a professional perspective on how to deal with the accidents as they happen or cleaning them up? Or I think it might be more fun if we kind of anecdotally go around the room and and share some of the ideas. About accidents and cleaning them up? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like I said, before coming in this morning, my husband was delighted to find uh, my two-year-old with, um, I guess he had stripped off his diaper and poured his poo-poo on the floor. Oh, he, he was quite proud of himself, actually. And then he proceeded to pee onto it. <laughs> and we have this, you know, there like... the easy wipe-up. You no, know, and then the icing on the cake. Oh. And, of course, you know, you know, my husband comes in and he's, his first reaction is, oh, what did you do? I'm so mad. And, you know, Ethan look, kind of looks up at him, kind of amused. But, but I took it off, you know. Right. It's not supposed to be in the diaper. I took it off. Well, so how so. do you balance? Well, so what advice do you have for balancing that frustration that you have with, oh, my God, he peed, he pooed on the carpet again with encouraging them to not do that, but also not punishing it? Well, I think, you know, it, it really depends on the situation for, mm-hmm. for and I think my husband and I quite frankly differed on this one. M- my opinion is I wanted to make sure that my son understood the emotional reaction that we were having because that's one of the, the most important things for potty training during the daytime is to make sure that your child is eager to please you. Um, if they're not eager to please you and they're kind of more in their own world, they're not going to be motivated as motivated to potty train. So I wanted him to, to look at my face and look at my eyes and know that that did not make me happy and that that meant that I had to clean up. Now, I didn't choose to punish him or put him in his crib or anything like that because I just felt that that was a little bit harsh. He's very young for that. It's not like he was three, three and a half, four, and he knew already, like, I've told you many times before, this was kind of like a novel thing where he felt proud of himself. But I did say, you know, poopy goes in the potty, and I would have wanted him to kind of help me clean it up and put it in the potty where it should be. Now, if this were to occur repeatedly, and it kind of became a game, and you can tell this because if a two-year-old does this and looks up and giggles, and you look mad and they still laugh, then I think it's a time to say, okay, you you need to spend two minutes in your crib. Because that that's about something else. That's not about potty training. That's about um, seeing yeah. if they can get a rise out of you. <laughs> so how'd you clean it up? <laughs> My husband did it because oh. I was getting ready to come here. <laughs> I said, I got to go to Parent Saver. Parent Saver See, you know, I really have this obligation. I can't be late. Bye-bye. <laughs> uh. All right, what are you guys doing at night right now with your boys? Um, are they in pull-ups? Or yes, but, he, but the five-year-old, I'm amazed because he potty trained pretty early, like two and a half or something. Yeah. And, and, and But the nighttime is just going on and on. Right. So I am wondering, I, I've been hesitant to get like a mattress cover because of the toxicity issues with plastic off-gassing and all this. So I'm really concerned about that. So I'm like, ah, maybe a wool blanket. I've heard wool blankets can absorb. But here's what we, we did. Um, we... Because you go, you get these mattress covers that are the waterproof mattress covers, right? Because, right. and when they do have an accident, washing those things is crazy. And you have to dry them like three or four times too. And then they get worn out and they're really hard to put on. So I realized that they sell waterproof fabric at the fabric store. So we went and bought, you know, a couple yards for each bed in our house. You know, you can go usually like, I think we got it on sale. It's like three or $4 a yard. So for like six bucks, you get... And it's the perfect size for the bed. It's three feet wide, and then you get six feet long. Uh, And we got one for each of our beds. And so we have the waterproof mattress cover, but then we also have all these pieces of waterproof fabric that we just put on each bed so that if there is an accident, all you got to do is wash that piece of waterproof fabric, and it catches it unless it's got moved around. So that's really helped us with dealing with when the accidents do happen. Right. 
Yeah. Have you considered putting a pull-up over the underwear so that if accidents happen, it's caught? Pull up over the underwear. <clears throat> well, what I've thought about is if I just take the diaper off completely and then he starts to actually feel the wetness in the bed, like yeah. he'll start to, because I think he is aware and he has, you know, woken up sometimes dry, but it's not consistent. And he's like so excited. Wow, look, you know, but so the, I don't know. I don't know about, I think just getting rid of the diaper entirely, but then I just have to, you I guess I've been lazy and tired. I, I'm tired more. I've been very busy with other things, but the two and a half year old, oh my goodness, he doesn't ever almost wet his diaper at all. Like he just, so that's a real difference between the two of them. Like he goes, he's been going dry for quite a while now, but I still do put it on because sometimes he, but one thing I wanted to actually bring up, and maybe we don't have time to talk about it, but is I have heard food allergies can make um, potentially, well, I've experienced with myself bladder issues with food allergies. And so, you know, making my bladder more, less you know, less strong, basically weaker. And so then I know that my, my five-year-old has those. So I'm thinking, it, you know, actually I did get them tested and we're waiting to what, hear about what that. What foods cause that, if I can ask? Well, I mean, any kind of food allergy or maybe any other kind of physical allergy can cause uh, weakened muscles. And okay. I guess the bladder is one of those places that it that it happens. Um, so, I mean, he has a wheat gluten thing and I don't know what else. We just got him tested. So I'm hoping that maybe if we address those more you know, rigidly or whatever strongly we can get, you know, he might, he might just suddenly his bladder is okay at night or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think he's five. So he's still, you know, he's five, isn't he? Yeah. So it could be just normal. Yeah. I I mean, I, it could be just normal. I mean, like I said, 85% of six-year-olds, that means 15% or not. Right. My brother, I hope he, well, he's not a parent, so he probably (laughs) won't be listening to this because he'd be mortified, but he wet the bed for a long, long, long time. And uh, my parents tried everything. They had this one contraption that you put under the sheet and it had like these um, sensors and alarm would go off when it got wet. And then we, and that didn't really work. And so um, it, we just got in the habit of whoever's going to bed later. And this went through until I think he was in high school. As long as I lived at home with him, he's two years younger than I am. Whoever went to bed last made sure that they woke him up and took him to go potty. Yeah, that's what we do. But the problem was, sometimes I would just say, okay, it's time to go to the bathroom, and then I'd take off. He would sleepwalk, because he didn't really wake up then. And so then sometimes in the morning, we'd find him, like, curled up on the floor down in the kitchen or other places, (laughs) or he would think that the houseplant was the toilet or whatever. So we had to, um, I don't, I hope he's resolved this for himself now, but, um, you know, we have to wake him up take him to the bathroom and take him back to his bed and then he wouldn't you know soil his own bed but that kind of shows i think too that it's not a conscious issue of what's right. going on at night that's right that that's there's right. some different wiring going on that has to work itself some out. kids will sleep through a train going through their room mm-hmm. and and those are the kids where you're probably going to need to be waking them up one or two times a night every night for a while because it's impossible to get them to wait, like your brother. Mm-hmm. Even when he was walking to the bathroom, he wasn't alert and wakeful. No, so. he was, and he would also like, you know, have these, he would sleep talk mm-hmm. and sleepwalk and he would appear to be awake. His eyes would be open and he'd talk to you, but he was clearly not in this reality. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, for, for us, we, um, you know, we, we, we cloth, you know, we were cloth diapering. So for nighttime, it's just a wool, you know, it's just a, it's just a prefold. With uh, a woolly over the top, similar to I don't know, use cloth diapers. So what's a prefold? It's just a piece of cloth. Yeah, yeah, that's folded and you know over. over Is it in a special nighttime way? Is there a special no, nighttime? No, no. I mean, we used to we used to double up and use two of them, 
but now we just use one and he's um you know we really haven't been doing much it's um you know we've been doing a little bit of the praise thing but it didn't didn't doesn't really feel right because it does feel like a physiological thing so i've just sort of let that um you know I'm, in the, I'm letting that go right now he's waking up pretty much um dry you know he's happy about it you know he's uh but i don't <laughs> i don't know i'm having i'm having trouble wrapping my head around not praising him for waking up dry well, I mean, like I, I, think, want, I want to do that so bad. Well, you can see if they feel good about it, mirror that. Yeah. If if he or if he feels like he's proud of it, say, awesome, I'm really proud of you. But it you just have to be careful about saying right. things like, you know, good job, like they're doing it for yeah. you. Because they'll feel because like they failed, they failed you. It's something yeah. they can't You exactly. can also ask them. You can say, how does that feel? Yeah. You know, and yeah. they'll pro- I mean, of course they're going to say, oh, that's good. Yeah, because it, did they really fail if they... You know, if it's a physiological right. thing, did they fail in waking up? You know, I, right? <laughs> no, it's a good point. Scott's a hard curmudgeon dad. Yeah, <laughs> good job. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> On to the next. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, thanks so much, Doctor Pontillo, for joining us and talking about potty training. Um, for information about this or any of our panelists or Dr. Pontillo and her website, please visit the episode page on parentsavers.com. We'll continue the conversation for members of our Parent Savers Club with bonus content after the show. Dr. Pontillo will tell us more about some different types of sleep trainers. For more information about the Parent Savers Club and how to join, visit our website, parentsavers.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before we wrap up today's show, here's blogger David Vienna sharing the realities of parenting from his blog, The Daddy Complex. Hi, Parent Savers. This is The Daddy Complex. I'm David Vienna, father of twin boys, and if my experience has taught me anything about parenting, it's that I know nothing about parenting. Once your baby becomes a toddler, you will never be on time again, ever. Not an exaggeration. Your friends will simply assume that when you say you'll be somewhere at 10 a.m. on a Monday, it means 11.30 a.m., and that's if things go well. If not, it means Thursday. You will also learn how to commute to work at speeds that would make a top fuel dragster look like a radio flyer. And if you think you're too organized for this to happen, trust me, it applies to pretty much everyone because even militantly anal clock watchers will experience this often enough to either adapt or go insane. My wife and I used to battle to get the boys through the morning routine. Wake up, go potty, dress for school, eat breakfast, get in the car, and depart. As my mother-in-law says, it's not rocket surgery. The problem for us and other parents is any number of these steps could and inevitably do take much longer than planned. For example, whether or not our son Boone decides to spend 15 minutes on the potty remains a wild card. Why do these seemingly simple steps take so long? Pick any combination of the following choices, and for parents of twins or triplets, multiply it. Refusing to eat, wanting to be fed by one of us, wanting to be held by one of us rather than getting dressed, arguing why Go Diego Go should be watched, running and or screaming, unhappiness with choice of clothing even if said child picked it out, unhappiness with the choice of breakfast even if said child picked it out, more running and or screaming, random and sometimes imagined injuries sustained while running and or screaming, hunting for a specific toy that was absently flung across the room the previous night, impromptu game of hide and seek, 
conversation about whether or not giraffes dance, potty accident, puking caused by unforeseen illness, trying to ride the dog like a Shetland pony, simple lollygagging, even more running and or screaming. And adjusting the timeline to start the process earlier doesn't help. It just gives your child more time to mess around. Toddlers and preschoolers simply have too much to do to adhere to your randomly chosen schedule. Just getting in the car takes 20 minutes, unless, of course, you've allotted 10 minutes for it, in which case it will take anywhere from 20 minutes to a fortnight. This may sound absolutely infuriating, but my wife and I have hit upon a fantastically simple solution. We made peace with being late. We go to bed each night knowing the next morning will feature us barking instructions and requests of the boys over and over, followed by a mad dash to work. And because of that adjustment, we sleep better and enjoy our mornings more. Sometimes we even prolong that conversation about dancing giraffes. Check out more of my terrible advice at thedaddycomplex.com, The Huffington Post, or on Twitter at The Daddy Complex. You can also view episodes of Fighting with Babies, my puppet web series for parents at thedaddycomplex.com slash FWB. And be sure to keep listening to Parent Savers for more fatherly tips. That wraps up today's episode of Parent Savers. We appreciate you listening. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, and our show, The Boob Group for Moms Who Breastfeed Their Babies. And if you aren't already listening to those or you are already enjoying them, make sure to tell your friends about it. And you can even tell random people at the park that you see that are with their kids or that are pregnant. I just did that the other day. And they're usually actually really receptive to it. They're interested in checking out podcasts. And I know people are usually interested in listening to new things. So help us spread the word. Um, Go to our Facebook page and check us out as well. So thanks so much for joining us. This is Parent Savers, empowering new parents. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.